So we've been having a conversation around codependency and and the, one of the most confusing issues in Celebrate Recovery. Typically, it's the question we get the most for people new to recovery is maybe, maybe you're one of those people that everyone around you is saying you're codependent and you're like, what in the world is that? And so we've been talking about practically what that is. Today, we're going to put some skin on that and hear a life change story as Karina lets us into this space of her own story and what codependency is. Welcome to Hope and Recovery. This is a Fellowship Celebrate Recovery podcast that shares hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and relational journey through life change stories and recovery topics all centered around the Beatitudes and Matthew chapter 5 and the Celebrate Recovery principles where Jesus helps us, implores us, empowers us to face our hurts, hang-ups, and habits and our broken relationships so that we can walk in healing, to walk in freedom the way Christ intended for us. Hey, I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the ministry leader and pastor of Celebrate Recovery uh, here at Fellowship Bible Rogers. And it's so good to be here with you today. Um, If you missed the podcast uh, from uh, probably about five or six podcasts back, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, doesn't mean you can't listen to this one apart from that and benefit, but it might help you to kind of bring some clarity to this topic because it is really one of the most confusing topics that we have. Uh, but today I, I wanted to uh, kind of interview and, and, and put some life change, some, some skin, so to speak, on this topic of a real life of someone who's been walking and has walked and continues to walk through this this area of recovery called codependency. And so I've invited my sister. She's a, our encourager, one of our encourager coaches here at our Rogers campus, uh, Karina. Karina, thanks for being with us today. So glad to be here. Yeah. Introduce yourself and we'll jump into a conversation. Sure. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with codependency, pride, and relationship addiction. And my name is Karina. Hey, Karina. So um, thanks for coming on and doing this. Uh, It's always good. You know, it's good to kind of talk about to get head knowledge, but I think heart knowledge is just as important, if not more, because it it brings uh, real life stories into this space. And so uh, one of the things to kind of set the table, I mentioned on the podcast, again, go back and listen to that podcast if you missed it, um, is around this area of... um, pain becomes an indicator that can kind of start this cycle. We have pain um, that, that, that impacts us. And one of the ways that we try to control pain that we're experiencing from the life event is through this area of codependency. Before we jump into the kind of the practical story, Karina, I'd love to hear from you what is codependency? If you're trying to explain it to someone, they're going, I've never heard of this. What is it? How would you explain it in the simplest terms? In, in your words, what would that look like? Yeah, the simplest terms is placing my value and my worth on whether that other person approves of whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. Whether they like it. If it pleases them, then I'm happy. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I think, yeah. And I love that. That's a, I love the way you describe that because it is trying to, um, yeah, you kind of enmesh and immerse yourself into their psyche, their emotional health, their uh, mental health, wherever they are uh, equals where you are. And that's, that can be a dangerous place to yeah. be, right? Yes. So you've been, how long you've been in recovery now? 13 years 13 now. years, mm-hmm. and that's amazing. And so it's a, it's a good um, reminder that sometimes in the journey, um, some things will come easy, some things will not come easy, and it's a process. The whole process of recovery takes time sometimes, and, it, and, and we learn. We're still lifelong learners. What, what have you learned through this process as you've walked this road now 13 years? What, is, uh, what are you learning uh, about codependency in Karina's heart and life? Oh, I've, been, I've been told so many times by God that he loves me, that he values me, that my worth is not in what everybody else says. It is mm. actually in what God says. Mm. Um, that's what he's been telling me, and that's what I've been learning. But, of course, the habits are hard to break, <laughs> yeah. and they're, they're deeply rooted in part of my mental health or my psyche, whatever. Yeah. Um, because I grew up with this. Yeah. And so it's hard to break. It is a, a, a practice and a discipline in my own heart that I need to keep turning to God's word, not just once a week or once a day. It's like sometimes on an hourly basis. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting hmm. just thinking about the cycle hurts. We talk about pain, control becomes our way of dealing with the pain, avoiding the pain, etc. We talk about the hangups, uh, the way we see ourselves, God, and others, things that get us stuck um, that lead to these habits. And what's interesting about codependency, and I'd love for you to speak into this, what that looks like in your life, is, is, it, is this kind of, we take on these false narratives, right? Even you kind of painting beautifully the what in simplest terms what codependency is if you're not happy i'm not happy and i'm curious what are the core beliefs that come with that if if you're not happy then i'm not happy what's the core beliefs that are kind of tied to that that thing if i if i don't keep you in a good space that means what? what? What are some of those core beliefs that you take on in that space? And for me, it's a, uh, I really feel like it's a survival technique hmm. that I picked up as a child um, being abused in many ways, growing up in a dysfunctional family and there just being a lot of chaos and dysfunction around me. Hmm. Those core beliefs that if I can do everything just right, my whoever fill in the the blank will be happy with me and therefore I'll be happy. And then I won't get beaten or I won't get Mm. in trouble. I won't get punished. And so it started with in the home and then it spread to school, teachers, friends, you name it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So I love that it's survival. It's a, sometimes we refer to even the habit part of the, um, the real of, protections and defenses, right? This is the way I protect myself. This is the way I protect my family. And so it's, I think it's important to say that if you're struggling with this, don't shame it. 
Um, there's good reasons why you're in that space. And so we want to lean into that. And how can I show myself kindness in that mm-hmm. uh, to honor uh, the protections that I'm seeing that are really connected to those pain points? So you had some dysfunction happening in your home. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that your family's bad. It just means there's dysfunction. And, and there's no family that doesn't have it. They right? all have it. Yeah. <laughs> So what does that look like? How does that kind of carry into your marriage with codependency? Does that ever create any uh, uh, headaches uh, between you and your husband in that oh, space? Oh, yes. <laughs> we have many migraines <laughs> over my codependency um, because I he's my most important human on the planet. Mm. So I have, of course, put him on a very high pedestal and have put his his feelings and his thoughts, his emotions mm. in first place. Therefore, I'm not really looking at my own. I'm looking at his and making sure that he's happy. Yeah. And I've been pretty much I I'm not going to take the entire blame because it takes two people, but I have um done my fair share of creating some headaches because yeah. of my codependency. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to think about that. Part of the the cost to codependency for the other is it it puts them in an unrealistic uh, expectations role, right? Yes. Is, is there room for their negative emotions? Right. Right. If I feel mad about something, and sometimes we're going to be angry. We don't want to be slaves to it. We've talked about that on prior podcast, but we need to honor that there may be good reasons why I, why I feel anger. Right. Um, but. It doesn't mean it's my identity. It doesn't mean if I'm angry and you're on the other end of it, doesn't mean you're a bad person or a failure because right. I'm angry. Right. And so it, it can be exhausting, can it, that mm-hmm. that um, if you're wanting him to be in a good space and he's not, <laughs> and he, maybe he's in a space where he needs honor, sadness, or anger, or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that's not real fair, which can create some issues, I'm assuming, oh, uh, yes. in your marriage. You are correct. Yeah. It, it kind of um, makes makes me, I become, not that he's made me, but I've made myself a fixer of sorts. Hmm. If he's not happy, if he's sad, if he's emotional, if he's having a bad day at work, I've got to fix it. Hmm. Because if he's not happy, then I'm not happy. Yeah. And it's, it's a very selfish mindset to be in. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I touched on this in the codependency podcast. It's important to note that we're not talking about that doesn't mean you shouldn't care about your partner's pain. And he's like, hey, you're on your own. I'm not going to be codependent. <laughs> you know, suck it up. I'm, you're not going to pull me into your narrative. That's not real compassionate. That's not showing empathy. The key right. is, is there room for big emotions for either side to be attuned to each other and responsive? to be engaged with each other, um, to allow space to process that and ultimately hold each other in that space Mm -hmm. so that we can bring comfort, Mm -hmm. but not through the motive. And it sounds like, and you correct me if I'm wrong, the motive is I'm going to comfort you because if you don't get to a good space, that means something bad about me. Yes. means I'm not doing something right. It's a lot of pressure. It's exhausting. It is very exhausting. Yeah. So, so how long did that pattern go on for you? And I know we're, we're fellow strugglers and we're still in the process, but 
At what point did you come to that realization, one, recognizing this isn't working <laughs> and maybe I need to try something different? What, what would I be seeing that you just said, enough is enough, it's time yeah. to face this? So there have been little places here and there throughout my and my husband's marriage. We've been married for 27 years, so we've had a lot of time together. Um, but it actually, it, just in the past month, Mm. is when things got so big that it had to be enough is enough. Wow. And then that's when I heard God speaking to me. And I I knew it was God speaking to me because I couldn't have come up with these things that were coming to my mind. Yeah. Um yeah. So let's as much as you feel comfortable, I don't wanna I don't wanna bring uh I wanna honor your husband in this too. But mm-hmm. so give me give me the scenario. What what was happening? What am I seeing? Because I think our listeners might be go, oh, yeah, I've been there. I know what that is. What was happening and how did it kind of, how did you see that cycle play out? What did it look like? Yeah. So the way the cycle, uh, the way it played out was I started out forgetting to tell him that we needed to do something before we went on a three-hour trip. Mm. And this is a very important something, but I forgot. And that was not a big deal that I forgot. You know, yeah. There was a grace and mercy in that. However... I was feeling in my heart that I was wrong or faulty or there was something wrong with me personally because I forgot. I was being very hard on myself because I struggle with pride, perfectionism, those things, because I want to always do everything right. Mm -hmm. And we all know that's not possible. However, this is what was going on in my mind. And when he offered a suggestion, so I was already in a heightened emotional state. He offered a suggestion of what he would do next time what he might do and i blurted out i don't need your suggestions or advice Mm. because i was angry that he was coming into that space and saying well here's what i would do and i felt like he was agreeing with me in my low uh view of myself i kind of thought that he was a great and he wasn't but that's what my heart told me at the time so can i lean into that for a second so when he says i have a suggestion Mm -hmm. in his own way um, what are you believing if we're kind of getting to the core belief? What, what is it you're believing if he is suggesting something? What is it? Can you kind of pinpoint what that core Absolutely. belief is? Absolutely. Right away that I can't do anything right. Mm. That I always mess up. It's always my fault. Wow. And none of that is anything that's ever come from his mouth. If, if you're having to step in, that must mean that I'm broken mm-hmm. and I don't have it all together and mm-hmm. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Hard place. Yes. So it, I'm assuming there's a lot happening for you in that space. A lot of stuff stirring in your heart and we're about to see the reaction to that. Yeah. Right. So you say then I don't need your advice <laughs> or suggestions. Yeah. And this is that, did you mean that? No, and it's kind of funny because I've been told once before, several years ago in my recovery, I was told by a very funny woman who was also in recovery. She's known as the funny woman. Yes, I won't say her name. I'm going to protect her anonymity. (laughs) She said that the mating call of a codependent is tell me what to do. (laughs) And here I am. The mating call of a codependent is tell me what to do. Yeah, and here I am, very codependent, needing and wanting to be told what to do, but also being so prideful 
in the same time that I don't want to be told what to do. Mm. I just want you to tell me that you love me and you understand people make mistakes Yeah, and just, and don't offer me your advice or suggestions. Mm. But my reaction obviously incited a reaction in him, mm. which was, okay, you said you're going to, or that you don't want my advice or suggestions. So I'm going to lock that away in my heart. Mm. And you're not going to get my advice or suggestions unless you ask for it. Wow. Hit the pause button right there because this is good stuff. This is so good for our listeners. I'm getting a lot out of this. We're talking with Karina and talking about what codependency looks like in her life. And when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Stick with us. Hey, friends, if you're looking for a meeting to be around other fellow strugglers that admit that they don't have it all together, taking the masks off to get real and authentic and vulnerable and allowing other people into those scary parts of their heart. If your heart, you can join us. We would always love to have you join us on a Friday night on both campuses in Fayetteville and Rogers Fellowship Bible Celebrate Recovery, Friday nights, 6 p.m. Connection Cafe Meal, 7 p.m. The Main Meeting. Fellowshipcr.org for more information. Welcome back. Talking with Karina, and, and right before break, um, just that that idea of that that wrestling match you were having. I love the way you're kind of unpacking this for us. Um, if I have, if I'm getting feedback, that must mean that I'm getting it wrong. And that's. I just want to pause for a second because that we. I want to kind of honor how how scary and lonely, sad that can feel can can i just shine a flashlight in karina's heart if i'm if i'm trying to be a private investigator in your heart and i'm seeing overtly hey i am a failure because you had to share with me uh any suggestions means i don't have it all together and just trying to hold that space of how sad that can feel I don't know if sad is a good word. What what are you feeling underneath the surface? Because we're seeing your protections come online, mm-hmm. your reactions. Yes. I don't need your suggestions. Yeah. But underneath, if we're staying curious, it's like, ugh, that's a hard place. What am I seeing underneath the surface that may not be overt, but it's it's swimming in your heart? What am I seeing there? A lot of it in my heart is when those kind of things happen, I feel like I need to be isolated mm. and I feel like I need to be alone Yeah, and that I can't, I can't receive the help that somebody's trying to give me Yeah, because I don't feel like I deserve it. Yeah. And to feel like I can't deserve it. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve it. What does that place feel? I think I have an idea. What's that feel like for Karina? I'm guessing it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. It feels I don't know. It's just, it goes back to being worthless and I don't know another word to describe it. Yeah, It's a very lonely place. Kind of a place of despair. Yeah. Yeah. So helpless, hopeless. I don't know what to do with this. (sighs) You screwed it up again. Mm -hmm. So I I just, I wanted to kind of shine a light in that, that it makes sense. There's a lot happening. I mean, I'm sure when those words came out to him initially, it's like, oh, what, what just happened? Right. Yeah. But it's so good to kind of lean in to understand, oh, there's there's some hurt underneath the surface for mm. good reasons. We're seeing this reaction out of you. Yeah. Um, this is that disappointing place that this feels helpless, mm. right? So 
continuing that that story then you you say i don't need your advice yeah what what do you see in your husband's eyes when you say that well we were driving <laughs> so we're in a car together which is probably not the best place to have a conversation like this because we cannot look in each other's eyes yeah and um so but what i hear from him is what he said to me was okay, I'm going to lock that away in my heart and I'm no longer going to give you advice or suggestions unless you ask for it. Mm. And I'm telling you, that felt like death. (laughs) No, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Wait, you have to understand that's not how I meant it. And it didn't matter. It was already done. Mm. And he is just such a follower of God that he was like, okay, this is what you said and we're going to take that at value. Yeah. What you said matters. I'm not going to give you advice or suggestions unless you ask for it. And I, I and just over the next three days, I think it was. You did I, some processing. I did some processing and we talked about it some more and I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. Because I felt like I was dying. Hmm. And I was dying. I didn't realize why I felt that way. But the next day I was on my way to rehearsal because I serve with the worship team here and I was on my way to rehearsal and car is just driving and there's no music or anything playing. And I hear God speaking to me because they weren't ideas from my own heart. Hmm. And he told me that I'm being pruned and I saw physical pruning shears pruning a branch. So tell me about that. You know, especially for our listeners that may not be familiar with that practice. I mean, I know you're, you're talking yeah. about a passage in the Bible. I am talking about what, John. What does that oh, mean? God, yeah, what does that mean to be pruned? Yeah, I'm talking about John 15 verses 1 and 2. It says, "I am the tr- this is um Jesus. I am the true vine and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, hmm. while every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful." So this is me being pruned. By my heavenly father. Mm. He's cutting away something that I've been using to survive on. I've been thriving on this codependent behavior. Yeah, I love that. Cutting this off that bears no fruit. Because when we're codependent, it's it's almost like this place of anxiousness Mm -hmm. um, where we're constantly in this place of insecurity Mm -hmm. in our connection with each other. And that's not bearing a lot of fruit in you, for you, or your husband, or your relationship. Right. And so here's God pruning that. Painful, though. Oh, gosh. Hurts so bad. Cutting is never, uh, yeah, cutting off that branch, the sharp blade, just cutting off that branch um, is painful. So as you're kind of processing this, okay, he's pruning me, doesn't mean it's easier, I'm guessing. No. No. Because it hurts. Yeah. It hurts to get pruned. Um, <laughs> it, it really hurts uh, because this has been part of my identity yeah. since I was a child. And in my anger, I said, I don't want your advice or your suggestions. I'm actually speaking into reality what God is about to do. <laughs> and I'm like, why did I do that? In a way, because... It's comfortable. It's warm in its mind. You've heard the, this. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that saying before, but 
when I when a person is used to something being a certain way, you just do that and you never change. Even though you might want to change, you don't change because it's comfortable. Yeah. And it's become part of my identity. So it, it, it is be, hard. Yeah, we've talked about that. It can be miserable, mm-hmm. but it's familiar. Yes. Very much so. And because it's familiar, it becomes comfortable. Yeah. And not knowing what to expect with the other track feels a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. What if life can't exist with this new way? Yeah. Will there ever be any fruit? Right. All those kind of doubts and all that stuff. So, wow. So so this pruning process, God's cutting that off. And, and I love how that passage says, so that you can bear much fruit. There's no fruit, cut it off so that you can bear much fruit. And I like to think of that as you were talking, it just reminded me, I talked to a vineyard one time and and he was talking about uh, the art of um, having things for the vine, the branches to be connected to, to keep the, the vine up off the ground. And when it hits the ground, the, the vineyard, uh, the gardener, so to speak, will come and lift it off the ground because as long as it's on the ground, it's it's not going to bear anything. So there's this lifting mm-hmm. us up. And I love that That's picture. Good. He's not just coming and cutting off the branch. Right. He's actually lifting Karina up yeah. and saying, I've got you. Mm-hmm. This hurts. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere. And as he began this process of lifting you up and cutting off those things that aren't bearing fruit and making space for things that much fruit, what have you already seen in that process as you kind of surrender and submit to this new way of trying something that's unfamiliar? I have seen, first of all, that I can trust God. Yeah. And I can trust my husband. And that I don't have to have it all together. Now, I'm not saying today I've got it all figured out. There's a scripture about that in the Bible, too. Um, but what I'm saying is that what it looks like is God is helping me to not be so dependent on what somebody else, whether it's my husband or whomever it is, mm. thinks in order for me to be worthy. Hmm. It's It's God lifting me up and he's healing me as he's lifting me up. He's not leaving me bleeding out. Hmm. He's filling me up with his word, which I've just got to be in right now. And at this point in my life all the time, I've got to be in it in order to really soak it in. Cause those wounds are open. Yeah. And I've got to get God's word in there to fill it up. Yeah. Well, and, and it's so important. The branch, this isn't, Hey, go produce much fruit. Stop being codependent. Right. Just stop it. What we're actually, (laughs) we can't miss this is so important that the one that is lifting us up and, and the, the vine that the branch is connected with is the one producing the fruit. Mm -hmm. So as I surrender and just acknowledge, Hey, I'm struggling. Yeah. Lord, I'm trusting that you're going to hold me in the space and I'm believing that you're going to produce much fruit in this as I stay connected to you. Yes. What a beautiful picture. Very much so. And so how does your narrative change as you interact with your husband in this new way that that initially was like, no, that's not what I meant. (laughs) 
What does that look like in your interactions with him now? It's it's a little bit, uh, I don't know, clunky. I think clunky is a good word to use because he's been used to giving me all the answers. I've always been asking him, I need you to tell me what to do. What can I do? Yeah. What should I do? What, do I, what does this look like? And now he's actually following through. Hmm. It takes, you know, when, when you're in a relationship where this has been the way that things have worked for so many years or for so long, however long you've been together with the other person, the other person has to be willing hmm. to release control. Yeah. And say, I'm going to let you think about that for a while and then come back and tell me what you think. Hmm. And then we'll kind of put our thoughts together as a team Hmm. and work through this together. So the narrative has changed. It isn't anymore. um, It isn't me going, Hey, what should I do about this? Or does this look good? Yeah. Instead he's doing the, let me, let me just pull back from that and let me let you go think about that for a little while. And a, a little bit of it in the, um, Fear part of my my heart, it feels uh, almost like I've been abandoned mm. or like I've been left in the wilderness. Yeah. Because I've been so reliant on someone else telling me what I should do. Yeah. But then I have that comfort in knowing that's not actually what's happening. Mm-hmm. I have God at my side. Yeah. And he's going to help me know what to and do. And you can circle back at some point if you want to and say, hey, I would love your insight on this. I think yeah. it's important. That it's yeah. not. It's not like, hey, don't ever ask your spouse for help on anything. It's like I don't <laughs> exactly. know that that works. But yeah, no. it's the way, the form, and the motive behind it. Because I, I like the picture of in codependency, the person that we're being codependent toward, we're trying to protect them from pain. We're trying to protect ourselves from pain, mm-hmm. and in essence, they become an object. Uh huh. Yes. All right. He now becomes a person. He becomes your soulmate. He becomes your your guy in marriage, right? Yes. The two become one. I love that picture because now, and I love just connecting to the vine, is we're connecting to the vine. We're putting our dependence mm. vertical mm-hmm. up on the Lord. Yes. We're learning how to walk independently as we put our dependence on him mm. so that we can be healthy inter dependently because we need each other we need to hold each other up but doing that in a healthy secure way mm-hmm. that doesn't have anxiousness that doesn't have insecurity i love that picture yeah it's uh, healthy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so karina somebody's kind of figuring this out they're going okay i think i'm starting to figure this out what, what's some words of wisdom from your standpoint uh, that you might speak to someone that's maybe figuring out they have codependency, what would you say to encourage them in their recovery process? And what I'd say, first of all, is you're not alone. Hmm. There are so many people, men and women, who struggle with codependency. You're not alone. Um, this isn't your your problem that you have to solve. Um, and that if you don't belong to a Celebrate Recovery, find one near you and be a part of the codependency group if there is one. Um, seek more knowledge about this, but number one, pray to God and ask him to help you with it and start to talk to other people about codependency. And maybe you'll be able to get some tools Hmm. like God has been giving me tools to help you get through each, each issue moment by moment. It is a, uh, it is a work in progress and don't, get the idea that one day you're just going to have it all figured out (laughs) because that's the trap that I've fallen into 
many times. And it's not something that I'm going to just have all figured out, but I'm going to get better and better at using those tools. Mm. Yeah. I love that. It's not alone. Good mm. stuff. Karina, thanks so much for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story. And, and uh, thanks for being vulnerable. Just that even after 13 years, we're still in the process. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. Until Jesus comes back, we're going right. to have, a, we're lifelong learners and growers. So thanks for your heart. Mm-hmm. And thanks for all that you do in Celebrate Recovery. And thanks mm-hmm. for being a friend and a sister in Christ. Grateful for you. Well, I hope this has been a benefit to you. Uh, this is just a process of changing the way we look at others, the way we look at ourselves as we face the pain, the fear, and we uh, come to a place of reality and take responsibility and address the fears of abandonment or rejection or not getting it right or kind of connecting the dots to those pain points from our past so that we can walk in healing and freedom. Hope this has been encouraging for you. And you're not alone. As always, if you want to join others that are in this struggle and uh, find freedom and healing from this, so you can walk in a healthy dependence on God independently and healthy uh, interdependently uh, with others in your life, um, this is a place to do that. Fellowshipcr.org if you'd like more information. Hey, thanks for being with us today. We hope it's been a blessing. Join us next time. Until then, God bless you.